Thank you for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I, of course, am Miss Shannon, and I am missing my regular co-host and podcast life mate, Mr. Jayton Satia, who is still vacationing. But that means that I get to capitalize on all of the time of this week's guest geek. I was very excited to be able to get this friend on. We ran into each other in the weirdest places, and then it turns out that we know a ton of mutual friends, and his name was coming up in my, just organically in my feed and all this stuff all the time. So with me today, our guest geek, uh, uh, Mr. Aaron Mader, also known as Laserbeak. And you, we're gonna get into your accolades in a second, Aaron, but first, <laughs> as someone who also has a professionally known as or stage name you know people ask me a lot of times well how did you get why are you miss shannon instead of that why are you laser beak let's start Man. with that well <laughs> yeah I, I wish i could take it all back but you know in the year 2000 when i, I, was, <laughs> I had started i started making beats as a, yeah. I'm a producer and i made beats for probably the last 20 plus years right and i had started off in in like rock bands so you know you just had a name for your band but right. i was air i didn't have a nickname i always wanted a nickname i should preface this with but <laughs> I never, I tried to get one to stick in high school. I was like, call me shark. I tried to get shark to stick, didn't stick. stick. Uh, no, but so then like some of the rappers I was working with, they had, a, you know, an actual mixtape, like a physical CD back in the day uh, was dropping yes. and they needed to put my name in the credits. And so I had like 24 hours to come up with something and me and a buddy threw a bunch of words together and laser beak we thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Here I am, you know, a 40-year-old man who still is known as Laserbeak. Um, I'm a 40-year-old woman who's divorced, <laughs> and I'm Miss Shannon, so I'm not mad at you. Um, yeah, exactly. And and it, and it is, you know, sometimes it's interesting, the things that do stick and where you're at and how you get to be proud of it, where it's all like, well, you're not going to forget me. So I superstand it. I just, like, think it's great. Yeah, and so, totally. yeah, and when we do go into your, you know, your resume and all of your accomplishments, I mean, as, as an artist, as a producer, you know, working with some of our favorite, uh, you know, uh, artists that are out there right now, and we'll get to all of that. But also being one of the founding members of Doomtree and that artist collective. And, you know, and we've talked to a lot of artists. I'm friends with a lot of artists, but you are my only friend that not only is a full-time artist, but you're also the CEO and general manager of a record label with Doomtree. Yeah. And I just am fascinated with, it, how has, has uh, instead of how, what has the industry been like as you've evolved and had to change over, we'll say the last, should we say uh, two decades, the last uh, decade? How has it ramped up? I mean, it's, in, it's out of control. And right. I, should, I should also say, like, you know, as like a, as a kid in junior high who found his dad's guitar in the closet, like I did not uh, have ambitions to be like a corporate CEO by any means, right. you know, mm -hmm. I just want to play on a stage. I want to, I want to, you know, make songs for people, but you know, especially coming from here, as I'm sure you can relate with like right. a, a, a city that's on the smaller side of a big city and doesn't have a ton of industry. Like there aren't a ton of record labels or A&R people here checking for us in the Twin Cities. Right. So you find out really early on, like if you want to do something, you kind of just figure out how to do it on your own yep. or, you, or you meet someone that's tried to do it from here. And so we start, you know, we crewed up, we got our little crew together after high school. And then it's like, well, we want to, we want to make an album. How do we do that? Yep. Oh, okay. We're going to go to a studio. Oh, okay. Well then after the studio, what do we do there? How do we, you know, how do we make a t-shirt? How do we get it into record stores? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we all kind of came up together 
everyone just raising their hands saying like, okay, Here's I'll figure I it do. out. Right. I, I think, you know, I don't have any experience, but I'll, I'll see if I can figure it out. And so my hand just never kind of went down and it's just years go by and all of a sudden, you know, the landscape looks a little different. So, I mean, CEO, general manager are fancy titles. It's still me here at my, you know, at my dining room table uh, with like a cell phone and a laptop right. doing most of the stuff on my own. But, right. you know, it is, it's like, when I got old enough to be to look back and look at the experience I've I've gained, and actually, you know, the imposter syndrome, like yeah. I always have that. But but there was a moment, like in my 30s, where I was like, wait, no, I've been doing this for like almost 20 years, exactly. and I actually know what I'm talking about, right. you know. Um, and I want to so give you that accolade, especially since you mentioned that imposter syndrome, and and it's something that I think a lot of us, you know, full time performers really do that because you do get to do something that you're passionate about and since you love it other people forget that it's work and that there's yeah. you got to do invoicing you have to figure out like yes. profit and loss statements you have to figure huh. out how to encourage your team that might also have uh imposter syndrome and how do you lead in those things yeah. so i mean good on you aaron for oh, for man. being able to do that because you know we probably both we have some very talented people in our circle and yeah. i love all of them but there's still a big difference between having talent, but also being able to run the business side of things. And what yeah. you do keeps people working, solvent, performing, top of mind, like being able to go, no, I'm gonna run the back engine, uh, back engine of all this stuff. And while you're still creating and doing that. Yeah, and if I didn't have, if I wasn't able to still create, I would be really probably pretty bummed out. Understandable. But, but being able yeah. to balance the two is really nice. Like I found ways to find the creative inspiration in the business side, just the same way I do in the creation of, of art and music. Right. And that's like the sweet spot when you can actually be locked in and creating strategies and all that kind of stuff. And and yeah, I mean, a lot of the times, like I said, it looks way different than I envisioned it in right. seventh grade. But like, it's a lot. It's like. I tell students that I go and talk to, like, my job is honestly, most of the time, like 90% what you would expect from like a cubicle job, like yep. emails, interview, you know, blah, 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 setting things up. And then the like, the the part that we all dream for the like actual sitting down and, and vibing or making a track or whatever, that's like five or 10%. And and it's okay that like, I'm glad I get that amount. That's right. enough to fuel me. But man, it is. Yeah. But there's a lot of not sexy stuff in right. the music industry. And that's what I tell people too about being a performer. Like it's also figuring out, you know, what's adjacent to what you do as a performer so that you can stay in this world. Cause how many of our friends, yeah. you know, have some, you know, quote unquote, like that's when I figured like, maybe I didn't make it in that you don't see me on like every single TV show. But when I got to the point that I didn't have to put, and I'm putting this in air quotes for everybody that's listening, a day job, you know, uh -huh. I didn't have a, this is, you know, and it, it sounded like this was my side hustle. It's like, no, everything in your circle is related to creating yes. art for yourself. It's creating music for you and, and helping fuel the industry. And yeah. that, to me, is super sexy. That you don't, yeah. That, yeah, the fact that you're like, yeah, maybe there's back stuff about it that, that seems dry, but if we don't do the dry stuff, exactly. then nobody's going to be able to, to get like you can't even like even if you just want the wardrobe to be able to be some of your performance if somebody doesn't make sure you got paid and that <laughs> you know, kind of thing if you don't know how am i gonna hire my friend to do uh headshots how are you gonna you know do, you know get the the enough 
a quality uh per, you know a, a group of tracks for your next mixtape yeah. so people yeah. can even download it and it doesn't sound like trash yes. like that's a yeah. lot of work Aaron. i have to totally. i have to i can barely imagine oh man it's a lot well i think you probably can because i know you work well, your ass yeah. off as well but <laughs> true <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. you know it's like you know we all we all kind of see the the part that everyone wants us to see mm -hmm. and, and that goes for me too you know i'm on social media every, you know whatever I'm, sh I'm showing the cool stuff right, right. like don't see always like the, you know, I, I got a flat tire on the way to bring my kids to school or whatever. I'm not going to post that. No. Uh, but like, you don't see you know, me at my computer doing QuickBooks, you know, like exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't like pop off on Twitter with a thread when you're, yeah, when you're doing your taxes. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but you know, so much of that stuff is just, is part of the job. And I think it's important for us to talk about this publicly because a lot of people then, without these conversations kind of really do think they get those rose tinted glasses yeah. or whatever. And they're like, Oh no, it's just the fun stuff. Yeah. Or it's just money and fame and accolades. And it's like, no, it's right. not. No. And <laughs> I love that you mentioned your kids. How old are your kids, Aaron? My kids are, my daughter's 10 and my I have twin boys who are eight. Yeah. So. See, my, my son just turned 15. So what I also want to tell anybody that listens, and I mention this anytime I'm talking to another parent, you think I'm cool. Yeah. But then if I want to really just have a moment where I'm all like, I, I, I feel humbled. I, I, I'm not that that dope. Go yeah. home to your kids because they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> the disrespect is palpable. Oh, the disrespect. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's so raw. Like, you know, I even, and, and they've come around, obviously, but, you know, one of my biggest, like, his notches on the belt or what most people would recognize is I produced Lizzo's very first album. Right. right? Mm -hmm. I, all the tracks on that. Obviously, this is before she was, like, the, you know, internationally famous Lizzo. But Correct. Um, you know, my kids didn't even care about that. The most excited they got was when I made an album with Cuckoo Kangaroo. Right. And that was finally cool points as yes. a dad. And now, of course, they're a little bit older and that's not as cool anymore. And now they think Lizzo's cool. But yeah, it is nearly impossible unless you're bribing them with McDonald's every day to right. get them to give a shit about my you. <laughs> exactly. And my kid... I have a similar story, and this is for everybody outside of Minnesota. We have a very prolific art scene, and we also have some local TV shows and local bands that are a big deal. So Cuckoo Kangaroo, yeah. people know about them outside of the market now. Uh, mm -hmm. But for a while, they were like, oh, playing at my kids' middle school, you know, yes. that kind of stuff, yeah. which they still do a lot of that. But now we see them on, like, uh, that bigger stage as well. My story that's like that, I've... I've met and interviewed Kanye West, and my kid doesn't care. I've met, I, I interviewed Barack Obama, doesn't care. I know there's a local show that we used to have in town called Choo Choo Bob. And yes. I know the actor that plays Choo Choo Bob, that Amazing. might care kid about. That was it. He's all like, oh, you know Choo Choo Bob. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's my friend. <laughs> that that Dude, he Barack cares. Obama, <laughs> exactly. Barack He's Obama. Exactly. He's like, meh. Man. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, yeah, I know it keeps us, it definitely keeps us humble. Correct. Uh, yeah. And it does make it even sweeter, though, when you get one of those wins and you're like, yes, I am oh, cool for a brief second. You gotta find your next Bob after yeah, that. Yeah, then you're just back to the, you told them no more pizza because they already had enough. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so when we start, you know, Aaron, we start going through the history, like you mentioned that you, you know, were one of the, 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 the foundation of artists like Lizzo and working with a variety of artists, like we can move into the Trample by Turtles and, and yeah. moving into like the, the broad depth of what Dessa has managed to do with her 
art and also work with the Minnesota Orchestra. So as you are deciding what projects you want to work on, is there certain things where you go, I want them to have these elements? Is it I've always wanted to work with these people or or broaden out? So how do you decide what kind of path you're going to take when you can work with just about anybody that you want to? Yeah, I mean, well, I I guess like, to pull the curtain back, I wish that were true what you okay. just said. All right. But it's, I feel like there's a lot of that, like, oh man, you know, I'd love to work with this person, but without actually like bumping into them. So yeah. it's it's tricky. And so a lot of the stuff that I do has really come across super organically from being, like you mentioned, being in a, in a city that's very collaborative, very creative, very artistic. And, you know, coming up here, I just thought it was normal that like any local show could potentially have like a rapper on the bill, a bluegrass band on the bill, a country band on the bill. Like we get used to that because it is such a small insular place that we kind of have to share resources. But then I, you know, I started touring I go to LA and it's like, oh no, if you go see a local show, it's like five metal bands or it's five R&B acts. So like just that alone coming up and, and understanding that level of like collaboration amongst genres was major. So like Trampled by Turtles, for instance, I love them. Yeah. You know, I'm like a hip hop kid, but they were this bluegrass band who I loved. And I just hit them up out of the blue. Like, let me, you know, let me get a, let me try a remix. Like it won't cost, I don't need to charge you any money. Like you don't have to do anything, but give me the the track and I'll just do something. If you like it, we can put it out. And, and they, you know, to their credit, they were like, okay, sure. What, you know, and then, and then they liked it. And then we did two more and then we put out an EP. So like a lot of times it's really, a relationship that's formed, you know, Dessa's basically like my sister and I've known her since I was 19. Mm -hmm. And so you just like, once you lock in with somebody, it's definitely deeper than the music. Um, Like Lizzo was, you know, she had just moved here from Denver. She was like, you know, her name was starting to ring out. She was popping up on people's songs and you'd see her some little music video shoots or whatever. And she literally just like, it's funny to tell the story now knowing where she's at, but she shot her shot on Twitter, she just like added me, you know, man, I wish I could afford a at Laserbeak beat. <laughs> I remember like, I remember getting that and I, you know, social media is, is a dumpster fire, but right. this is one of the cool things about Twitter, at least back then was like, I got that. And I just, for whatever reason in that moment had been feeling like I wanted to collaborate with some younger artists or some people who weren't in my circle. Yeah. And I just like, you know, honestly, if you can cough up like a six pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade, like yeah. we could probably link up. And a week later, she took the city bus to like a little bedroom studio, and we we tracked the first songs for that album. So yeah, that's a great know. story. <laughs> I have some people that are I'm connected with that is pretty similar. Like yeah. somebody tagged me in a thing, or they're like, "How did you end up on the thing?" I'm like, "They just DM asked me, and it yeah, happened." I'm like, "Not no, you know, kind of thing." Yeah. It didn't seem creepy. I'm like, yeah. "We'll give it a shot," you know, kind yeah. of thing. So I totally get that. Yeah, you do have to figure out how do you protect yourself from the fiery right. trash parts of social media. Yeah. But I do think that is one of the the ways that people cut through is that you can kind of go back through their feed and, and see yeah. what kind of human being they are, whether you're like down for it or like, Hey, yeah, well, you, not can do your, mm-hmm. you can do your due diligence or whatever. I mean, yeah, it used to be like when I was in high school, I just go to any show I could get into right. and I would make a point of going up and, and shaking a hand of whoever performed on stage and just saying, good job. Not, not out of like, what can I get out of this person, but just getting comfortable with that. Like telling someone that you appreciate what they do. And a lot of times that would lead to 
to good things for me as well. Like it's a win-win. It's not anyone being shady or trying to get over or right. I mean, it is opportunistic, but in like, there's a way of going about it in a positive light that everyone yeah. can win from. It's the I'm always version of networking, you know, where it, yeah. you know, it's like sometimes, you know, uh, hopefully it's like this for you too, where I'm going, you're creative in a slightly different bucket than I am. And watching you do something helps me get my, you know, mm-hmm. creative juices flowing again. Cause like, it may not be exactly what I do, but it's like, oh, maybe there's a different way that I can do this because I yeah. saw somebody do a show that wasn't like, and I am not a musician, but you know, I worked <laughs> in radio a long time. So I'm passionate exactly. about, like, that's one of the things I miss most. I love the radio station I'm at right now. And I love this podcast, don't get me wrong. But that's yeah, one of the things yeah. I miss most about coming up in music radio is being able to hang out with musicians. And, and plus, you know what? I know we just made all those jokes about how our kids don't think we're cool, but anytime somebody says I'm cool as a comedian and a humorist, I'm like, yeah, but meet my friends in a band. Like, kind of thing. like <laughs> the fact that I'm like, when in doubt, Laserbeak can drop a track, and I'm yeah. like, I got more words. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm exactly. like way envious of like. Well, what you guys and it's create. hard too because in comedy, I feel like part of the of the job is kind of self-deprecation right mm-hmm. or like really showing your true self out there and so it's hard you know with music it's really easy to be like oh here's a fire track and i just stand back there <laughs> and arms uh, with you you're like telling you know your deepest you know darkest funniest <laughs> moments and you're kind of really out there naked for people true true and uh, if people don't like it it's like oh you don't like me <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's hard it's to deep. turn that off some days really really deep i know yeah you poor bastards i love well it's so funny too because you know they always talked about this with rappers and athletes right like rappers always want to be basketball players and the basketball players always wanted to be the rappers it's like grass is always greener we always look at like think that somebody else is cool like i would put comedians in that as a musician i'm like when i go to see stand-up and someone wows me i'm like god i I would love to do that like that Mm -hmm. looks like so much so much fun yeah. and then you actually hang out with comedians in the same way that when you hang out with musicians <laughs> and we're like actually this part kind of sucks or whatever you're like oh well, gotcha. this is gotcha. ruling right. like yeah the, i'm like this the is work. work babe this yes. is some days is work and i'm like ah oh, why do i do oh this? last Amazing. night they love me and now friday night let's shoot <laughs> they can't stand me um, <laughs> that's right yeah Yeah, exactly as you you know because we just you know you just dropped your your last album and no as we're recording this november right yeah 2022 um what was the ramp up period to that and was doing this album post all the shutdowns and what we were doing in 2020 was it a different process now aaron than what it did before or was it nice to kind of get back to what would be closer to normal for you before the world went into disarray. Yeah, How was that? Question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, it was nice. It was very much just me again, like literally here at this table with my little beat machine and yeah. my laptop and my headphones. Like mm-hmm. my, my people talk about the studio and you think that's like a really, you know, a million dollar studio. Like I'm just here in headphones and I have been for like the last 15 years yeah. and that's my process. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, COVID was, obviously for both of us who who make a living a lot of it from performing live yeah. like you know when covid hit i was at that point i had really gotten into managing a lot of acts as well and mm-hmm. so probably 80 percent of my revenue whether it was me performing live or me representing artists that were performing live was just gone yeah um i think i canceled 150 shows across everyone i worked with yeah. in the first week you know like 
some bands were on tour and we had to yank them and get them home. Um, it was brutal. I, yeah, woo! I'm sorry it was crazy. to deal with that. Yeah. Well, you know, we, no one really knew how long it was going to last. So then you're trying to rebook and rebook. And, um, but all that to say of, you know, I do really believe in silver linings. And yeah. one of the big ones for me in all of that was, um, it kind of forced me, it was almost like a reckoning. Like I had gotten used to, to having music be my career, like you said, or my day job, you know? Um, and so when, when all the money went away, not like there was a ton of money, but enough, enough. like mm -hmm. money went away. It was like, oh, in my core, like I have to make music. I don't yeah. even care if anyone hears it. I need, I need it. Like I need eight hours of sleep or, right. you know, like, or like I'm better when I get on the exercise bike in yes. the morning mm -hmm. when I meditate, like I need it like that. And it was almost like a renewal of the vows in a way where I was like, okay, like I'm a, I think I'm a lifer. Like, yeah. even if no one ever hears this like this is just for me and this fills me up and so i ended up making like three solo albums in the court from since then to now yeah. um and it was really cool to just be like it was the first time in a long time where i kind of just like turned the noise down outside mm -hmm. and was able to just make music that i wanted to make and it was right. low pressure because it was just me making instrumental tracks like i didn't have to I didn't have any collaborator I, I would butt heads with or anything. And um, it was really powerful. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, yeah, it was like almost, it felt like, I don't know, like a kid yeah. in junior high learning how to play guitar all over again. Um, and it was really, really awesome. And it, it became a very, a time period of like huge inspiration. And I don't know about you, like for me, I'll get those bursts and I'll churn a bunch of stuff out. Right. And, and then, but I know even... It, while it's happening i'm like oh this is fleeting like and, I, and i'm old enough now i've gone through this enough where it's like a wave and right. so i can now kind of sense when when the wave's about to take off and i'm like okay better clear my schedule like mm -hmm. better feel it right and get as much done as you can because within three weeks it could die off again and then right. you're just sitting there in the water like waiting for the next breeze <laughs> yeah so that like that lava bangers 2 album that came out at the end of last year was kind of this culmination of like a really inspirational time period where I had just made so much stuff that I didn't even have home for it all. Mm -hmm. And so it was a way of kind of almost like a greatest hits of like the two years in isolation and, and all the music I made. And I kind of just turned it into this 20 track project and right. really cool. And then it was really also cool to be, to have released it and not have to promote it as much right. uh, because I tried thing, to do, yeah. I tried to get creative and I dropped two songs a month for basically a year. That's what I was saying is that I actually really enjoyed that about what you were doing yeah. because I think for a lot of us, setting that appointment time where you were dropping the tracks, like, because yeah. I did a similar thing with, like, I started doing a, um, a live stream. And it was mm -hmm. really because we're all sitting at home, we're trying to look for all these things and, and figure out a way to keep ourselves fueled and keep ourselves creative, but also reconnect with our community not just our yeah. fans like i don't call my, my like your fans and my fans yeah they're fans but they're our community yes. and we didn't 100%. have a chance to connect with them so you dropping those hey every friday here's yeah hey i'm here still exactly yeah. and you know and going there's something to, to start the conversation with that yeah. community and to give them something to look forward to because yeah. just like we were missing performing the feedback I got from a lot of people is they just miss going to shows and being able to leave the house and go to this stuff and, and didn't even realize how important that connection was. Ah. Yeah, maybe they're watching your live streams or my live streams, but it wasn't yeah. the same. Not so at least same. we're giving them something to go, 
here's your lifeline to yeah yeah we're still we're, we're we we exist and we're gonna be yeah here we have when to all get here you know so, yep, yeah exactly right it was it was a really fun way to stay out there yeah. and, and also take some of the pressure off like for an artist that's putting out a full length, sometimes you could pour three, four years into making this, writing these songs, making the songs, you know, recording them, getting them ready to release. Yeah. And because so much music is released every single day, you know, you really have this small window that, and it's just kind of like waving your hand in a crowd of people. Like right. it's really hard to even get someone to pay attention, to even though you put it out. Mm -hmm. And so you could spend these three, four years on this thing and it's your baby and you're so passionate about it. And, you know, you release it in a week later, it's dropped down and you're, you know, everyone's Spotify that they saved has just been demolished. Yep. And now, and then literally it used to happen like this, you know, we'd, we'd start touring and the record had been out for a month. We'd get to the show in like Oklahoma city mm -hmm. and they'd be like, when when's the next one coming out we need so, to tour this album for two years like that's exactly not a good time. and like, then so, we'll think yeah. about the next one so <laughs> in that regard it was really a lot less pressure and so it was like you know you can get excited but you don't get crushed or bummed if if one song doesn't totally connect or people missed it so i really liked that part just right. kind of like turning off some of the pressure that that honestly we probably just put on ourselves a lot of the times you know maybe but i mean there was a way that the industry worked and so like mm -hmm. as someone who was on the other side uh, you know as a music uh, as a radio dj like yeah. watching the way you know i watched you guys go through that machine so what was it like going from and i know that you do your um, like you'll do drop an actual album on vinyl and do all these things. And now I'm glad that there's a resurgence of that. But how did things really change for you as a performer in the industry and with the artists that you're working for? When we went from, I bought this album, I bought this CD, I'm gonna listen to it track by track and know the, the, the it all mattered, the whole thing mattered yeah. to now it's so individual track based because of the way streaming works. Has yeah. that been difficult for you to make that transition or, or what's that like yeah. from the inside? Uh, it's been, it's been one of the hardest okay. challenges I think in my, my career in, or my, you know, since I got into music and, and, you know, it's like, there's always going to be challenges in whatever profession you're in and, mm -hmm. and they'll be different. But yeah, like when I, when I got into it, we're talking like mid to late nineties, CDs were crushing it. Mm -hmm. And so you could, you could go play a show, you could sell hundred CDs potentially yeah. and you could sell them for 10 bucks a pop and what you know people didn't really realize was that you they cost like a dollar to make you right. know like the, the margins were great mm -hmm. and it was a great way you know to spread the word word of mouth everything worked great and then you know then then the, the free download stuff started happening and and that was a little tricky right because people i mean i was the same way i was stealing music like i was like sick i can get anything i want early awesome um so but like obviously that leads into the streaming era and the money just unfortunately never, never shook out. Right. So like the people that do make money off streaming, you're either like Drake and you're, you know, if your song streams 50 million times, you're going to make some money. Like yeah. um, if you're a major record label that, that owns a catalog of 10,000 titles, if all 10,000 of those stream a little bit, you're mm -hmm. still going to make some money. Right. Um, it's the numbers game. But, but when you're an independent artist, and and now there's so many options and you're making pennies on the dollar it's been really challenging and you know i think that kind of forced independent artists to turn so heavily to live music yes and so then it was like okay get back in the van 
You can actually still make money on the road. Um, and then festivals started to happen, you know, more day parties, like block parties and breweries would have things. And That's a grueling uh, schedule, though, you know, for a lot of performers. Like like you said, back in the van, it's not as glamorous as people think. It's not like they're putting you up in five-star hotels and you're flying from place to place. It's you and five of your buddies oh, man. In, a, in a van. <laughs> like yeah. Driving and, and driving and driving. And, uh, yeah. Totally. And, and, you know, then... then once like we all got the same idea, oh, we could all make money on the road. Now all of a sudden, all the independent artists are kind of cannibalizing each other's money because yeah. we're all touring all the time. You're burning out the people that want to just go see music. So I think we've just kind of been in that spiral of like the, the just kind of watching the money yeah. leave, and everyone's trying to find the next pot of gold, but there just n isn't one maybe. And so, and then obviously when shows go away and. Uh, sorry, this is, good. this is on like really depressing. No, but... yeah, but I I want to tell that part of the story because that's yeah. part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you is that it absolutely sucks, and yeah. I and I like to share that story not to depress people, but I think they need to honestly know because you don't really get what it's like to be a try to be a full time performer, and I think that people. Like when you start trying to say things, I'm glad that you like me and I'm glad that you just gave me this compliment. But then if yeah. you wonder why things cost money, it's because I can't pay rent or a house yes. payment or buy food or clothes yeah. and compliments. So, it, yes, I very I'm very fortunate I get to do this. But, yeah, I when uh, I, I remember talking to a bunch of my friends during the midst of the shutdown, you know, by yeah. my full time performer friends. And and I was very blessed because my side hustles are things like. I'm a voice actor and other stuff that yeah. I can do from my basement studio. And yeah. so I was able to go back to work. But a lot of my friends' side hustles were things that were shut down as well. Because it was, well, when I'm not touring, I work in the hospitality industry. Right, when exactly. I'm, not touring, I'm a I bartender. Exactly. Yeah. And so this was stuff that gave them the flexibility to be yeah. pretty much full-time performers, but then fill in the gaps yep. when they weren't touring. And that was all gone, too. And I don't think people really understood I can't go get another job. This is what I've been doing for 10 years. Yes. You know, I'm very accomplished at this and it was my career. So it's not just, I am all of a sudden going to go start working in it. I'm no, totally. my totally. skill set is valuable and it's over here. So yeah. that's not depressing. That's just real talk and honest that so yes, true. we all love what we're doing and you hopefully love what we do. And if you yeah. wonder why, why did that ticket cost 20 bucks? Yeah. And, and think, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, like I have friends that want to get mad at the way that the tip mentality system works in restaurants. Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, then yeah. make your own food at home. If you don't yes. want to pay somebody to hand you your food because you think it's a racket, that's the way the system is made right now so that people can yeah. keep doing that. So you can that's the only way to protest it. Like, don't protest yeah. it and take money out of their pocket. Totally. By doing it. And I so I agree with you with the streaming and. And it's really hard to explain to people that it's not a victimless crime. That yeah. is hard enough, you know, like, totally. and, and that we have to remind people. And part of the reason we want to say everybody out there to turn it back around to a hashtag positivity. If you love an artist, you need to support them. You know, if they have a Patreon and yeah. you've got five yeah. extra bucks, throw it doesn't matter. It's just whatever you've got. But also be as outspoken about how much you love an artist, even if it's like nobody knows him but me, then you can shout them out on things yes. as much as possible oh versus God. only bitching about people you don't like. That's <laughs> fine and dandy that we want right. to sit there and get mad at. I'm going to throw some names out there. You want to yeah, get yeah. mad at Dave Chappelle. You want to get mad yeah. at the, yeah. Be mad, but spend yeah. as much time supporting the people you love 
That's right. You know, if you're mad because somebody did something, instead of spending all your time trying to cancel that person, do fine, do that some, but spend sure. as much time championing the people that you do want to do well yeah. because it backfires on you. Like, yeah. you, like you spend so much time mad at somebody, and now some, there's going to be somebody that's going to book this band because yeah. you got, you were pissed at them, and any press is good press, yeah. and they would rather get that buzz than to yeah. follow one of your artists or to follow you. They would rather do that so they can have a bunch of protests and at least they get some noise when you're sitting at home going, I would love to have that stage, but I need to look as marketable as these trash pandas. So what are you going to do? You know, kind of thing. And so, yeah. Preach. Like, you know, and even just in general as as just a way of going about your life, I mean, I think trying to, if you are, you know, and I've certainly had my moments, like, in my twenties, especially, I talked a bunch of shit. It was it was yeah. so fun. You get together with friends, you talk shit. Like you, you kind of fall in. It's kind of fun to be negative in those types right. of settings. And, and then, like, I just I started to realize like how it was making me actively depressed because yeah. all I was doing was talking about negative stuff. It started getting less funny and more just like, oh, now I'm just kind of this like curmudgeon-y Correct. dude. It's like mm-hmm. let's talk shit. Yeah. And so to balance that always with yes, like what do you champion? What do you yeah. love? How do we find ways to be? to find joy, I think more than ever now, right? Like I do a gratitude journal at night. Yes. I've done it for like seven, eight years. It's literally an app on my phone that pings me at nine at night. Mm-hmm. And it says like, and I, and now it takes me 10 seconds. Right. I write down three things. It'll be like, you know, cherry pie from McDonald's yes. or whatever I mean. Like it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. It's so great though. Right. And it really has trained me to just think more to the positive first than to go into the negative. Certainly I get negative. Don't get me wrong. Right. But the other it's thing just... yeah, I appreciate about your evolution and the evolution of Doomtree and a lot of record labels out there in general, like I really do appreciate how you have personally done a much better job of championing female and female presenting artists, yeah. giving them more of an opportunity. You know, I'm not I'm not going to pound on anybody specifically, but as someone who came up in this industry as well, we didn't do a good job of that. Um, yeah. we, we had a very misogynistic culture, you know, we didn't protect and create spaces that were made for our, our female and female presenting artists to thrive. It was literally unsafe for a yeah. lot of our I, artists. You right. know, I mean, the comedy scene is the same thing. So I'm not only bagging on the music scene, but totally. you know, watching it grow and do all that stuff. And, and now that we do have, and again, it's a perfectly imperfect system, but we yes. do have a lot more room for this and so it's not just be this caricature of a female be this character of uh, a BIPOC artist now it's a lot more room to be deeper and broader and more authentic in what you're doing and so when you're running like a record label like Doomtree how do you continue and I know that some of our bigger record labels they're less likely to move the ship because they have to maintain certain project margins. But yeah. if you're working with independent artists and, and artist collectives, like when you're a doom tree, how yeah. do you navigate those spaces where you're 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 giving space for people to move into the 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 industry with yeah. you when you still have to go, but we also have to figure out how to maintain our profitability so we're still right. here for the next thing. How do you balance that, Aaron? I mean, it's so tricky. I've always, I think I just tend to lean towards money has never been the the thing that's guiding, you know, mm-hmm. if I wanted to just make money, I would have never gotten into running an independent record label, I guess. So mm-hmm. luckily, you know, money has never been our, our end all be all. Um, 
But I do think that like from a young age, I remember so vividly how it felt to have, you know, doors shut yes. or not opened or, you, you know, be blocked out and mm-hmm. or see that with my friends. Um, and so when we finally, as Doomtree specifically, like when we finally got our foot in the door or like made a little bit of noise and, and started to come up, like from the jump, our whole ethos was like, let's let's pull some people up with us. Yeah. And actually open up some doors so that we can make this scene better. And, you know, it starts small, right? It starts just very much in a subgenre in a small city. But, like, I remember how it was when we were first starting to play shows. And and I was, this is close to 20 years ago, right? Like, even the hip hop scene that was being written about was a predominantly, like, white male scene. There was a lot of this, like, and, you know, like, to see women period but all the people of color now in the in the music scene and how different it looks now and i'm by no means saying like we did that but like i do get to see how it's changed and we played a role in it amongst a ton of other people Mm -hmm. to like to do that and i just feel so at the end of the day like that's the the stuff that i feel the the most proud of is allowing that and so i'm still you know now i'm like you know, we're getting a little bit old. I'm 40. I'm like, and in rap years, you know, that's like, I'm an OG now. And so like, uh, so I get to, I get so much joy out of like working with the younger artists or like offering any advice I can offer. I always tell people like, if I don't know the answer, like I'll be the first to tell you, go, don't, don't listen to me, but. But you can find the person that may know the answer. Right. Exactly. I can connect them. And it's been so thrilling to like, stay young in a way by you know i work with this artist ali mcintosh she just turned 17. she's like a classically trained violinist but she's also making like pop songs in her basement on her laptop like and i you know i work with this kid leek though who's in his 20s and that brings me so much energy and inspiration and also it just feels good to be able to support people and and bring them up so i don't know i think i just maybe like i love that aspect of it it's made it very easy to kind of to champion people and especially marginalized people and make sure that there's a, a platform for them. Um, easier said than done sometimes too, but I am, I am proud of the way things have changed here. You know, I think here specifically, I don't know as much about the comedy world. Do you feel like that's. It's, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's still, there's conversations that need to continue to be had. And, but that also means retraining the audience and retraining yeah. like members of our society to go, no, this is okay as well. I know that we kind of put you in this rubber stamp of this is the only thing and the way that it works. Yeah. Uh, but being able to uh, tap into a lot of different subject matters and, and do things a little bit differently, um, it's not by no means uh, perfect but it's better and it's broader and hopefully if we keep pounding that's why you know because i'm an og like you too but (laughs) but i do think that it matters but we're not so og that we're not relevant and people right i I call it this i call it i'm like i'm like the elder statesman of comedy now when i show up like yeah it makes me feel better than og kind of thing um because people say og like ooh. Like, I'm like, yeah, hey. no, I know. <laughs> like you're flipping burgers at the barbecue or whatever. Right, like, you know? like, let auntie do it. I'm like, I'm the cool auntie though. Yes. Um, and yes. I, I do think that it is, it does behoove us because we are, but we're still here and we've managed yeah. to stay, you know, and we've intended intentionally stayed yeah. relevant and not in a way where I'm trying to, um, 
you know, I'm figuring out what my brand looks like as I continue to evolve, but not in a way where I like resent any of the people that are coming up now. Yes. It's how can I use this? Cause I'm evolving. And so there's certain things that make really, you know, good sense for some of our newer performers that wouldn't yeah. make sense for me right now. So I'm not mourning the fact that I'm not yeah. banging it out night after night in this particular club that I used to, but I did that 20 years ago and that yeah. was the lifestyle. And, and, yeah. you know, now I'm like, you know, there's some things that I'm like, that was super exciting 20 years ago. Now I'm like, I'm like, your show doesn't start till no. 11. It starts at 11. <laughs> 11? Why does it start at Like, when yeah. we, you're, you and I are close enough to the same age, we never left the house till 1030. And now For real. Like, the show begins. It's incredible. <laughs> I, I made a dinner reservation on Friday night for 4 p.m. Like, I literally, <laughs> I like. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. If you get me, if I'm already rolling, like, I'll do a second show that's at 10. Sure. But if the first show is yeah, 10 o'clock, I'm loose? like, no. I'm no. like, uh-uh. I'm like, I'm, I'm home know. playing. I'm home doing word puzzles on my phone. By, exactly <laughs> at 10 right. I'm exactly do... <laughs> right. I might be enough to sleep by then. Like, I mean, like, yeah, kids yeah. change that too, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But also... If my kid goes to sleep, because I have a moody teenager, if he's asleep, yeah. I'm like, I, he might wake me up at 5 a.m. Just because he's like, I'm back up. You get up. Exactly. Like, You're knows? like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. So... I know. Yeah. Right. The, I mean, the days of, you know, like, Bill's used to be, there might be six bands playing a show and it would go for six hours. Like, I don't know how anyone maintained that stamina. I couldn't imagine like now when there's more than two acts on a show, I'm like, I'm pissy about it. Yeah. I'm just... In college, I used to get off at the radio station that I was the, um, I, I used to run the party zone. I get oh, yeah. up and we go to Paisley Park and then get there until 2.30 a.m. Yeah. And then stand up yeah. against the wall waiting to see if Prince was going to come out. Until 4.30. And it's just Brother Jules out there spinning. Tell like, you know. <laughs> so always Brother Jules. Yeah, right? <laughs> and that's how it was. And I'm like, now I'm like, oof. I'm like, yeah. I'm like nothing good happens after midnight. Like, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, I agree, anything 100%. that happens after midnight, you can tell me about it. I'll just read you about me it. In. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it was fantastic. They're yes, like, it didn't time. pop off until I believe you. <laughs> I did not need to be part of the popping of off. That's how I feel. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. You can just hear about the popping off. Correct. Pop. Yeah, I, I so I get it, and and but I understand why that's great for a lot of people, and I yeah. love that lifestyle, and I want to encourage it for the people that is appropriate. You know, yeah. I'm the one that I'm like, I'm gonna tell go do a set at a women's conference at five yes. a.m. and totally like I'm a happy hour. And crush it, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you're an inspiration in the same way. You know, I know that like the different art mediums here, like right. we all get inspiration from each other. But yeah, seeing you, you know, you can still do like what you might think of a traditional stand-up comedian would right. do. Mm -hmm. I see your name all over the place at same. conferences, at you know, morning things and whatever. Like, um, and that is so exciting. That's kind of like that's kind of what I aim to do too. Like that's how you actually can continue to string along an income, but Agreed. you just really have to broaden what you're willing to do, I think. Right, you know? and I I love, like, whenever I see your name pop on something or when I'm on an on-camera shoot and they're like, hey, Laserbeak did the music for this company yeah. or for this uh, live event, it did the sound. Like, that, I think, is when I kind of tell people, I'm like, because I, I was talking to a, a young performer that was like, that's not really my scene. I said, I didn't say it was. What I'm yeah. saying is... Do you want to do this full time? So you can either do this one track so that you're at least doing this all the time, yeah. or you can go get a job job someplace else 
and only do this part-time. So I figure I can use that skill set to be better at the things that I'm passionate about. Or if I, it, it takes the pressure off of, I just want to do this show because it's interesting. I just want to be in the short film because it's interesting. I don't, it doesn't have to be about the paycheck because yes. this corporate gig, which is still fun and still not, well, yeah. I'm back working at the bank. I, you know, yep. I loved when yep. I came up at the bank, but now I don't have yep. to go, I don't work at the bank anymore. I'm just exactly. a variety of things that we're doing. And I'm glad that you encourage other performers to do that too. Cause you can be, I mean, that's one of the great things about, uh, living in the Twin Cities and living in Minnesota, like this is a very livable town where you yes. can be. Uh, uh, we make this joke as actors. We're like actors in Minnesota buy houses. <laughs> actors in LA yes. can't. But here, yeah, you might go from doing this thing for one of our Fortune 500 companies where you're like, welcome to such and such health, where you do your life's best work. And so it may not be all of the most sexy, but you're a full time creative yes. and you can do yes. that here in Minnesota and yes. have kids and, and do yep. stuff. And like you said, that then allows you to do the stuff that you're really passionate about that might not come. A lot of times that stuff doesn't come with money or a check. So you got to get the check somewhere else. Um, I mean, yeah. And again, like this is easier said than done. But right. in general, like little money, lots of places has been my motto since the jump. Yeah. So it's like if you got enough lines going after a while, even if each one of those lines is like 25 bucks, like it starts to add up. Right. And and you stay open, like, you know, I used to, I have my years where I say yes to everything and then I burn out and then I'm like, well, next year I'll say no more. And then, you know, but like, but it does like over time, it just kind of starts to, you reach some sort of tipping point where yes. work kind of comes because you've opened yourself up to the a breadth of different work. Right. And, and you so can you're... figure what, what in that, those side genres you like to do. And then eventually you can go, okay, well, I have enough in this channel that I don't have to do this one that I'm like, oh. I don't yeah. like that as much as I thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're still in you're still in control. You don't have to say yes to everything. But yeah, it, it is like it was really helpful when I did decide to start to kind of like push my boundaries out mm -hmm. and say like, oh, you know what? That that feels like I don't really know exactly how to do that, but I'm intrigued and what the hell? Give it mm -hmm. a shot, you right. know? Um, and you learn a lot through that. And you fail and you try again and you know, you fail again and you just keep going. So that's kind of been, I think you just keep going might be the through line, like, you know, regardless so, of what happens. So Aaron, of all the things that you've branched out into, is there anything you're like, wow, I didn't know how to do that, but now I'm super glad that I did it. And it's one of my favorite things. Like, is there some branch that you're like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weirdly enough, like, well, almost how we met face to face was, <laughs> I was a video producer. Right. Like I was, I was the producer of this, Fish Fry Face Off, which my, my buddies Todd and Zeke yeah. were doing, where it was like literally a competition of the best fish fries, you know, in St. Paul over right. Lent. Mm -hmm. um, and I had, you know, I had been on so many different music video shoots and I'd just been a wrangler my whole life as a manager or label guy or whatever, band, band captain, that it was like, okay, well, no, I don't have a ton of experience shooting, you know, videos of people eating fish, but I think I can, you know, I know how to like pull, I know how to communicate well. I know how to like, you know, get people to a certain place and, and work with others to make something happen and work within a schedule. And so I did that. And, and like, very and talented producer and director, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I've, I've been producing, you know, these are smaller videos and a lot for socials, but like I produced a ton of videos for, the St. Paul Downtown Alliance and um, and things like that. And I have talked about imposter syndrome. I was like, oh my God, like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but 
then you just do it and it doesn't, you know, and, it, and you figure it out. And I'm so happy. Like I learned as someone who's always been thrilled or like passionate about watching movies and TV. Like, I love that stuff. I don't know how it's like magic to me. I don't totally get how it's made. I don't necessarily want to be an actor or a director, but just to like kind of learn more about the process through doing this. And then also adding a new skill set has been so cool. And that honestly helped me a lot in COVID because mm -hmm. you could still go out and do shoot a, a video or things like that. Yes. Um, and so having that experience has has allowed me to to maintain a job in music in mm -hmm. its own way. So I guess that would probably be the most recent and, and the coolest one for me is like, okay, cool. And it's also cool at like 40 to, to get into new stuff and to learn yes definitely here to learn right. um and so i enjoy that that doesn't ever stop you know you just you just keep you keep learning well, <laughs> how I about you? That for you i what? i i love that for you especially the the concept of it makes you just a more versatile like a triple threat because you're like no i'll produce your music and i'll produce your video and i'll put yeah. this whole thing together and that's yeah. just a great you know thing i mean for me it was really um, I was, one of the things that I, I, I came out of once we went into COVID most is that I had started like a lot of my personal mental health journey in 2019. So thank goodness. I, like I had to just burn oh, myself out. I let my yeah. anxiety get really bad. That's why I talk about it is that I don't want other people uh -huh. to think that everything's perfect. So I just hadn't been doing enough for that. And, you know, you know, and I, and I have friends that are, wow. and I have challenges and all of these things. And so just really in 2020, it gave me the opportunity to really focus on what's important to me as far as mental health, focus on things for my kid, help keep him stable and set that foundation. And, and same thing as you were, it was really, it was rough watching your calendar scatter. Like I had, you know, like personally with me, I had 30 dates just yeah. like just watching them. And so at first it was like, ow, ow, ow. And then finally I'm like, I want these, just the rest of these to cancel so I can just go, you know what my goal is to keep my kid together, to work on some other stuff. And it gave yeah. me the opportunity and, and I'm not the only person that said this, but what I, for me, it really was that experience of a lot of things that I really cared about and loved went away, but so yeah. did some bullshit. And, yeah. so, <laughs> and so some stuff yeah. that I was still doing just cause, and I yeah. gave, and I just was very diligent about, you get to choose what comes back into your schedule and what you're gonna put your focus on. And so I pared down and just yeah. really focused on get better at these five things. These five things right. are the ones you're going to bring back. Focus on them, double down, get better at them. And just going, you know what? You got through a whole year um, without, you know, that sense of loss. It made me bolder about that because I'm going, mm -hmm. look, you managed to survive if this stuff all went away. So yeah. you can do it again. So stop making decisions from a position of lack. Like if I don't say yes to this, I'll yeah. never get another opportunity. I'll never get a call back. Right. Yep. So I'm going, that's not the right thing. Or it yeah. needs to be this way. Or here's why I'm not. I'm sorry I'm already booked and not trying yeah. to squeeze things in. So I didn't get to. And 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 I don't want to. I'm a few years older than you. Um, so, okay. I, so I feel like I can preach just a little bit. This is the only yeah, thing yeah, that preach. I share with everybody before yeah. we get back into telling people where they can find your album. Because I do want to do that. The thing Ooh. that I, I do tell um, people when they ask me for, uh, or when they are willing to accept my unsolicited advice. <laughs> it, that's what it is. It's that's, good. that's exactly what it is. Um, but, you know, when you're making those decisions on what you're going to say yes to, 
sometimes you have to go, you know, some of us are multi-talented and we're very fortunate that we get to be C plus B minus at a lot of stuff. I am, I am relatively good at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and then I had to go, but could I be great at this if I put more time into it? And the thing that was, I had to talk myself out of saying was selfish that you and I and some of other, you know, other people, all of us in our life have those things that are really cool things that we get to be part of. And are we so busy worrying about the next thing that we don't allow ourselves to be fully present in what we're in? So instead of really going, wow, this is a neat thing. This is a neat moment with my family. This is a neat thing with my friends, something we're so off to the next thing yeah, right? Totally. and you can't yeah. even go wow today's a great day like back yes. to your gratitude journal wow yeah. you know what the sunset was great today or it warmed up and i could see the concrete and didn't have to penguin yeah. walk on the ice whatever stupid yeah. thing it is you know oh i God. yeah i had to give myself more space for that and that's what i evangelize more than anything else is Love giving it. yourself time to really appreciate when you get to do a cool stuff because our brain is going to automatically go back to all of the negative stuff because yep. we're we're wired to do that as a safety mechanism so if you don't train your brain to also go you know what this neat thing yeah. is just as important yeah. we'll forget it oh my you know, god i mean I, I yes you're you're absolutely you're crushing it right now like <laughs> i i'm the same way i'm telling people like you know because i i didn't in my heyday like we never stopped to smell the roses or right. pat ourselves on the back mm -hmm. and so when we did get you know we worked our ass off yeah. and we get something and it's like well yeah we got it because we're working hard mm -hmm. and now we want that and so we never actually took stock of the moment and i and i regret that yeah. and now you know i actually had a, a musician from here mark malman who's mm -hmm. been around forever i know, mark. Like, I know mark. yeah mark yeah I mean, i've got mark's okay. book mark's books on my yeah. book upstairs i know mark's, mark's books amazing yeah. Uh, yeah but he was the one uh, you know even in the last five years he i i was talking to him and he was like think about even if you're a really prolific artist think about how many say like album release days you get in your life like right. if you're really lucky you might only get 10 mm -hmm. in your whole life those are 10 days and usually what we do on those days is we spend them like doom scrolling the comments or freaking out that not enough people have heard it or the money's not coming in and, and we're just like we're on fire yeah and like really like treat that day like your birthday like right. take the day and soak it in and like soak up the love because they're so rare and we work so hard Absolutely. and we, we just totally skip over when it happens mm -hmm. Um, and that has really resonated with me. Like I now go, like I, you know, I take myself out shopping. I like go on. A, I really go hard on my release days because I'm like, yeah, right. Let's do that. Celebrate it. Yes, and just whatever that is in your life, I encourage you to do that. And you can still. I'm still, you know, driven. I still have things that I'm working on, and that you know. But I, I find space for those in other places. And yeah. when I'm at a thing, I try to be fully present and go, wow, this is super dope that I get to do this, you know, yeah, and whatever yeah. that is in your life, if you're in the, you know, if you're in the knitting and you finish that, enjoy yes. that last thing that, that you did stitch. and you get to look at it instead of going, what's the next thing I'm going to make? You yeah. can do that tomorrow. The next yeah. day you can go, but just steep in it yeah. like a tea bag. That's what I say. I'm yes. like, some days I'm like, this is just a neat thing. And that, that was a big epiphany slash lesson that um, I had to train myself is go, Hey man, you, you are you are very fortunate to be able to do things that you want to do um yep. and so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let those things wash away yeah. uh so quickly i'm like no this is neat 
You know, like it's been neat talking to you, like kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah exactly. I'm like, shut I'm the, the door. I'll talk to the cat later. You know, kind yeah, of thing. Just yeah, exactly. One thing exactly. at a time. And yes. so thank you for releasing your albums. I love the way that you did the two songs at a time. I I super loved it, you know, kind of thing. And thank now that we can get the entire LP out yeah. there, you know, or it's a double LP though, right? It's a double, double LP, LP, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, if you're the type that still enjoys physical, you know, physical media, yes, yes. you can get it on double LP or CD yes. or obviously it's streaming at all of the streaming platforms, you know. Laserbeak is what you would search. Lava Bangers 2 is the album. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, I'm just at Laserbeak. Uh, it's it's hip hop. It's with a Z. Yeah. Laser with a Z. Uh, and uh, and you know, Doomtree.net is where you can go and, and buy the physical products. You can support us on there. We have a Patreon. You know, all that stuff. But like you said earlier, like word of mouth. Just if you appreciate it, passing it on to someone that has gone so far for us in the 20 years we've been around. Like. We say that at every show we ever play. Like, mm-hmm. if you dig it, tell a friend. Like, that means so much. So I, I think you're exactly right. You know, let's champion the, the things that we love and, and tell other people about it. And it goes a long way. So. Right. And so we're definitely going to have to have you on again. You're working on some really cool albums that are going to be coming out yeah. in 2023. So that's yeah. really exciting. Regarding our podcast, we do encourage you to like and subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also follow us, Be Our Geek Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if you're old school and want to email the show, we're Be Our Geek Show at gmail.com. You know what? You know, Aaron, I. I stand you. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Well, right back at you. This is like when I got the email from you, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Any excuse to hang out with you, I'm in. So, yeah. have me back for but sure. One of these, one of these nights when you don't, you know, when you got the kids all on lock yeah. and all kind of stuff, we'll get together, we we'll have some cocktails, so bring your people out. We'll get, yeah, we'll have out. dinner at we'll have dinner at three thirty p.m. It'll be yes. great. See, <laughs> it was beautiful, beautiful. Now, see, I knew we were we were friends. Exactly, yeah. we're locked. Um, thank you, Shannon. I appreciate my it. My pleasure. For everybody else, thank you as well for joining us on the show. We'll see you next time because remember, everyone is a geek about something.